Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Town Social. Doesn't need much introduction, does it? So after a absolute horror show of defending at Blackpool, managing not once but twice to concede against 10 men and drop two points, Mark Fovrenham adds at last left the building. There's a lot to talk about. Here with me tonight is Gas Katie and Kilroy and Tristan Batley Kyle. Gents, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Where do we start? Let's start Blackpool because I said before the game that this was a must win. I said if we didn't win, then we were pretty much relegated because of the calibre team that we're up against and our relative position and looking at the fixtures as well down the line against the top teams. This was a massive chance to get three points on the board. They lost one of the best players to injury. They went down to 10 men. And we still managed to mess it up. That second goal that we conceded through Bowler was one of the worst goals I've ever seen Town concede in, in living memory. It was so easy. And given the magnitude of the game and the timing of the goal, and the fact that we just scored to go 2-1 up, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I could not believe what I was seeing. I was so angry after that game. And in a way, I don't blame Fotheringham for the result. I think individual player performances let us down. But you heard it with the fans at full time. The fans had decided. They decided before that game. But that was the, the final nail in the coffin. And I don't think there was any other outcome than him leaving. Guys, let's have a quick touch on the game. What, what are your thoughts, first of all? Well, I'm I'm with you, Nick. Um, I was hopping mad after after Hull and the way that we managed to, you know, lose lose a, a, an easy two points. We were there all but done, and it was a really poor showing. Um, there were two nervous teams on show, both playing percentage football. But weirdly, for a change, we actually got the luck you need when you're struggling and up against it to give you a chance of nicking a win. As you say, their big giant defender got subbed off. Medine got a red card, and I have to say, an absolutely deserved red card, by the way. If you see the replay from behind the goal, he has two cheeky looks at Tom Laser before he elbows him. So, you know, we were we were right in it. And actually, our first goal, although it came from a percentage lump into the box, a little bit of luck broke to Pearson and, and an absolutely brilliant finish. So, you know, half-time, I'm thinking, we're all good here, lads. But Mick McCarthy did a Mick McCarthy. And, and in the second half, I thought Blackpool were much the better team. Um you know, they, they came out, they looked like they were up with it and they certainly didn't look a man short. It was no great surprise to me when they equalised. You know, it was a great strike, but it broke from poor defending, poor clearance from a, a second phase. We somehow then went and won the game again. Josh Caroma, who had his second good sub-appearance for me, a brilliant goal, but we just couldn't seem to hang it on. And that, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the goal. I know Ian's done quite a bit of analysis on it, so he'll probably go into some great depth. <clears throat> that second goal was absolutely criminal. Um, but I think you know, I, I think I'm with you. You can't you can't legislate for moments of madness in the defence like that. But I actually thought Blackpool in the second half showed what spirit you need to survive, and we've not shown that spirit at any point really. You know they were really up for it. Mick McCarthy had them fighting. The crowd absolutely got right behind them. And I think the, the nail in the coffin for me really was seeing Fozzie laughing and joking with McCarthy and. And and TC Terry Terry Cal at the end having a, a laugh now you know I'm sure he was saying you've got out of jail there lad you're really lucky but that's not the place to be having that conversation you have that conversation in the in the manager's room with a, a glass of wine so 
you know, I, I guess we'll talk about the output of that that game ultimately. But yeah, just just continuing our horrendous poor form. It might be the lowest point of being a town fan I can remember since Macclesfield game, that 4-0 defeat and Scunthorpe 6-2 years and years and years ago. But the thing is, it felt predictable, even at half-time in the situation that we're in, which realistically couldn't have been any better on a game-by-game basis. Everyone kind of knew what were coming because the way this this season's gone, there were no other option than what happened in that second half. I actually don't think the performance was that bad overall. I think you can break down your game into your 10-minute spells, your 15-minute spells, and overall, I thought we were the better team. But the problem surfaced again. You can see it's a team with no confidence, absolutely zero confidence. There's, it's nervy football in defence. We panic at the key moments. It's as if people are overthinking and players that you don't expect to overthink are overthinking. Pearson, he scores, and then he makes one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen him make when it comes to the first goal, where there's a clear chance of getting rid of the ball, but doesn't, fails to do it. Then he could block the second rebound and stop the shot going towards goal, but he doesn't really put his all into it, which which isn't what you expect to see from Pearson, but that, that's what happened. I think that game, it were harder to not win from the position that we were in, but Town managed to do it not once, like you say, guys, but we did it twice. I thought positives out of that game were Karoma. There's still a player in there. I thought when he played for his last time under Cowley's properly, when he had an extended run in the team, he wanted better players we, we had. I, I still don't know why... He ended up going out alone and stuff because it didn't work out for him. Knockout looks handy, doesn't it? He looks like he's going to be an option for whoever comes in now and, and um, help us try and create something. But throughout that game, Blackpool looked like they had the 11 men and we had 10, especially in defence. There were players there just wandering around a bit off the ball. The first goal, if you break it, I've broken it down a little bit. I've had a quick look into it. And each time on both goals, we've got twice the number of men Blackpool have in the box. And both goals do involve rebounds. So it goes into a second phase of play. And for both of them, we don't react faster, even though we've got twice the amount of men in the box. And that's ridiculous. That's on desire. And there isn't enough being shown week in, week out. Is that Fotheringham's fault? Well, I guess the club think it is. I'm still not sold if it is or if it's the players. There seems to be so much malaise on the on the playing squad and in the fan base as well. But especially when you're looking at the game like it was against Blackpool on Tuesday night. I can't remember feeling as bad as I did after that game. It cheered up a little bit day after with the following on his way out. But as as the individual game went itself, I don't think it could have gone any worse for us on, on Tuesday night. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. And it epitomises how poorly shaped the squad is now and the team is compared to where we were just in June, May and June when we play a final with Carlos Corbin. It's unbelievable we fall into this so quickly, but that's what we've done. And Tuesday showed every aspect of why we are where we are. Yeah, I I, I can't really disagree with with any of your points. I I think probably one thing that I, I do want to pick up on is is something that you've all said actually is is Blackpool spirit. You know, we we we've been in these kind of relegation dogfights enough times, and you know, even even going back to kind of when. Jacko kind of bailed us out of trouble. There was something, there was something there. Um, you know, there was a togetherness, and and people were kind of. We knew that we were in it together, and we were, we were kind of against. Um, we stuck up for one another to some extent, and I just can't see it. I just can't see it. it just looks like a a lot of individuals, you know, turning out on the field, and 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 Blackpool just epitomise that kind of 
the the crowd were you know the crowd were kind of behind them they were loud you know and and to be honest with you they they looked like they won it town town just looked scared and and they've looked scared for for quite a long time i think probably i think i lean a little bit more towards some of it being Fotheringham's fault i do i do hear what you're saying about um individual errors there definitely was individual errors but I, I just feel, you know, some of the some of the decisions playing Loughton at left back when quite clearly at, against QPR, it, you know, he struggled. Um, I think probably taking some of the players that he took off, making some of the subs that he made were, you know, were were ridiculous. Taking Rodoni off, I thought Rodoni used the ball quite well, um, you know, up, upfield, and we just, we, I mean. <laughs> To some extent, I'm I'm not backing Scott High up here, but bringing uh, Diara on in centre midfield just opened us up. To be quite honest with you, where at least Scott High is a body that it, it, you know he knows his position, um, and I think I think Diara, for all that I do like him, for all of his kind of uh, energy and you know endeavour and 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 that kind of side of him, he, he loses out on the positioning side of things, and and so. To be honest with you, I think I think Fotheringham probably did have a bit of a kind of part to play in that, and I think kind of thinking longer term with it as well, he we he, he plays this brand of football that's that's trying to kind of recreate what what we were like last year, and we really haven't got the players to play it, but he just. It, it, it just persists with it to the point where uh, on on Tuesday night, Tom Lee's were just banging ball upfield every time he got the ball because I think, to be honest with you, I think he's sick of trying to play the ball out. It comes back and you know and and we end up conceding. Um, so I think I think that probably from my perspective there is there is an element that that Fotheringham was out of his depth and 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 to be quite honest with you we we, we weren't set up to our strengths and and we, and we you know we're not a passing side and and that showed um you know in how cheaply we give away possession you mentioned you mentioned Diara the other one which was a a weird submarine i know i know that Loughton was struggling at left back but Loughton as a defender, they brought a young Edley on who I thought looked electric going forward. But like a lot of academy footballers, he'll play, he'll play in defence. These are really good at going forward, but poor at defending. I mean, he got caught completely on his heels for, for Bowler's goal. You know, Bowler came from behind him, he lost him. And the next thing you know, he's in front of him and tapping it into the net. So I was that was another weird. So I wasn't sure. I'm with you at 2 1 up against Blackpool away from home against 10 men. Why are you chucking two young kids on? We had Boyle. I'd rather he'd put Boyle on the pitch. I think that's one of the main criticisms of Fotheringham, isn't it? That his substitutions have been a bit odd, to say the least. And you're absolutely right. I'm sure that an experienced manager doesn't chuck a load of kids on, leaving themselves with no substitution, so that when we do go up, we can't show up the defence. I, I thought Illy was all right, as you say, going forward. But neither him or Karoma trapped back, did they? So and that left side's been our Achilles heel, to be honest, for as long as I can remember, pretty much all season. It's been a... Since Nakayama when at least it's it's been a real issue and and teams target that right that side because of that and it's it is an issue yeah i i it, it was a bit baffling 
I don't think it's completely free from blame, but I still maintain that you're professional footballers, you've just scored to go 2-1 up in the massive game, minutes to go. You see that game out. You know, that, that second goal playing at tennis, that no one gets a challenge in. Just put him into row Z. Just take a free kick or whatever. Just just concede the free kick and regroup. Take him out. Don't just nobody puts a challenge in. And yeah, at pinball, they get a bit of luck, it ricochets to him and he puts it in, but it should never have got to that point. Your professional footballers just see it out. It's so so frustrating. So frustrating. But it's happened, lads. He's gone. What do you guys think of the decision? I mean, it was pretty. I've 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 never seen such a unanimous outpouring of relief for fans on social media that he'd gone. I don't think there were many people arguing the decision. Is it the right time? Is it too late to change anything now? How do we see Fotheringham's time at town? Was it all his fault? Was he dealt a bit of a poison chalice from the start? Because no one really wanted him in. He didn't have a proper pre-season, although he did have that World Cup break. He did have a transfer window, but, I mean, they're hardly, you know, you you wouldn't say they were amazing, <laughs> amazing signings that are really going to help us in attack. How do you guys see it? Yeah, it wasn't a surprise, was it? And I think speaking to a couple of other lads I work with who support other championship clubs from the outside looking in, they can't believe he's lasted that long. Um you know, I, I, you, I think he was a, he was on an hiding to nothing. The club made two poor appointments. We were all, we were all desperate for Danny Schofield to work, but he just didn't. We were desperate, and then they basically took Danny out of that setup and dropped another bloke in who'd never done it before either. Now, there's all sorts of um, crazy rumours about how he ended up getting the job, but the hard call facts are we haven't won a match in 2023. We've taken three points out of the last twelve despite leading in four of those games. You know that's that's absolutely criminal when you're playing where we are. Oh, sorry, play when there's teams where we are and you're playing in the way we are. You've got to find a way to see those games out, and 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 he couldn't. Never really made an impact. I personally never warmed to him, and I don't think many fans man, many fans did. So you know, I've, I think in five years' time it'll be Marku. I think that's probably his head coach slash managerial career over and done with. It's like look, the, again the malaise around the fan base. I can never remember being any greater than what it has been, especially after Tuesday night. And it had to be done. There were no option other than to get rid of him. His position became had been very untenable. Um, and it's strange, isn't it? Like it kind of feels like even though we're in the middle of a relegation fight, now he's gone. And even though worst is yet to come, I think in re- in regards to probable relegation, it's like springs arrived a little bit. Though it feels like there is a little bit of hope at the end of it. We're not entirely sure where we're going to be at that point, but the football we were playing was that horrendous that anything has to be better than what we had. I do feel for him. I can't believe what we did in the summer. And I do think uh, Fotheringham's a, a victim of that. We went, I reckon we still went into this season. We went in well aware that we were cutting corners and costs. We knew we weren't going to do what, as well as we did last year. That's why Carlos jumped ship as quickly as he could. Um but I also think the club thought there's no way we can drop from playoff finalists to being a relegation battle. So cutting a few costs here and there on playing squad 
won't be the end of the world, especially when you come into selling a club. Unfortunately, I think that bit of ego-driven um, attitude there has really cost us. Football is so tight. You can see Wrexham play Sheffield United and take them the entire way twice, regardless of what you think about Wrexham or whatnot. That's three two, three divisions a gap. There's not that much difference between the Premier League and the National League when it comes to abilities and footballers. There isn't very much. You have to be very careful when, you, when you're cutting budgets to make sure you're still going to be a team that can fight to stay in the division that you're in. And we got it very wrong. We couldn't score goals too well last year, but we controlled the games in other ways. This year, we got rid of those players. We didn't have any of them left. We were unable to control possession and chances and chance creation and being able to stop giving chances away like we did last year. And that's why we find ourselves where we are. We had to go out and bring in a coach. We went for Schofield initially, which was a, an embarrassing thing, as we all know about. It was kind of just a, a footnote, wasn't it? It wasn't even really announced in fanfare. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, Scoff is taking charge now. And that's what I think the season we're going to always intended to be, just another average season where we could stay in the championship. The back room could, the back room, the boardroom could, could move on and, and we could start again next season. Unfortunately, it's bitters in the ass. And here we are in a relegation fight, going into our what will be the fourth manager of this season, if you include Chicho. And we're only in beginning of February. It's, it's absolutely mental. We've got two of the shortest serving town managers now back to back. Answers and questions, well, questions should be asked of everybody in the club from the top to the bottom for what's going on this year. It's horrific and it's inexcusable considering just four or five years ago in the Premier League with nearly 100 million quid coming in every year when you add up the parachute payments. I do think Fotheran came in. He's a bit of a fall guy. Don't think he ever had a chance. I don't think he were ever given a chance, regardless of how he initially got the job. It never felt to any fan that he was the right appointment at that time. I didn't see anyone stepping up thinking, yep, that's what we need. We've taken the fewest points to the start of a season that we've ever done. Let's bring another inexperienced guy with no backroom staff as well, remember. He came in and didn't bring anyone in himself initially. I can't even remember a town manager having to deal with that either. That might be the first time that's happened. I might be wrong. But in recent memory, I'm pretty sure he's the only one that's come in that wasn't allowed to bring in his backroom staff. Is that because he didn't have any? And if that's the case, was he ever going to be ready for a championship job? That's a question that should be asked as well. I don't know if the people who made this decision, or who, we don't actually know who made the decision to bring him in. We don't know if it is Bromby or if Baldwin or Hoyle, Hodgkinson. It's all a bit unclear of who's making what decision, but whoever did make the, the biggest call on it, I think, again, questions to be asked of that. I really felt for him, even though I didn't like him personally. I thought he came across a bit pig-headedness when, when he's in um, presses. The way he came in, it was clear he was going to be a hard, a hard nosed manager, a bit of an old school manager. I think the um, thought process behind that with Oil was or Hodgkinson was right. We're struggling this year. We need to sort these players out. We need a bit of kick up the ass. They need a bit of drive. Everyone's been scoff has been a bit soft on them. That's when we do way norms kicking the the um, dugout and stuff like that. There were a bit of temperament issues. He's thinking right. Let's bring in an hard nosed guy and let, let's try and get these players performing like professional footballers. But the problem is we're a fragile team. We'd already lost so many games. We really needed to, to to actually have someone come in and pick the lads up. And I don't think Fotheringham was ever going to be that guy. He came in and fell out with everybody. And he ended up with Sauber Thomas, our main asset assist maker over the last couple of years. Probably the main outlook we've got when attacking. He had to go out on loan. That was two games ago he's gone out on loan. And now we're left fighting relegation. He's not even here. We've sent our best striking player out on loan because he's fallen out of a manager or whatever's gone on in the background. And now he's not even here for the new guy to come in. We've actually given a tool away that could help us fight until the end of the season. We don't have that. The entire thing's an absolute mess. John Russell, I think a similar thing's happened to him, hasn't it? He fell out of favour because of his training or whatnot. Apparently, we gave him loads of chances, didn't really like it. Aaron Rowe went out. Was it Aaron Rowe that Bromby 
had a bit of a go at in press conference in in a in the presser saying it's not exactly he needs to not grow up a bit, but it, the, the inference was he needed to um, develop a little bit into more of an all-rounded professional attitude footballer. All the problems this year are more than we faced in the last few years, and and when you, when you're looking at how we're performing on the pitch, it's no no coincidence. It's it's really come from from um, the the board, I think, and and Fotheringham, and why these last twenty games have been have been so poor. I don't think Scoffer set it up very well. Of course, he didn't. But I definitely don't think Fotheringham was the right choice at that time because the squad was fragile, and we've gone out and brought somebody in that's a hard disciplinarian, and unfortunately, it's really not worked for us. We also went out and gave him a three-year contract, and I don't understand why we did that with Fotheringham. Two and a half years. We've never, we never really do that. We're always we bring a new guy in on a rolling contract because when someone's unproven, there's a high risk that it's not going to work out, and you have to replace them early enough. We've given him a two and a half-year contract, which does seem a little bit against the ethos of what we've been going at the last few years. So many things have changed in this last twelve months. I couldn't, eat, I could probably talk for an hour about it and only cover half of it. It seems like this year makes no sense comparatively to what we faced recently. And I, for one, just don't know why it's gone that way. I don't know if you guys have any ideas, but it just seems so different than it ever has done before. That that contract thing, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I know criticizing Lee Bromby is my favorite pastime, but you know, he he was so arrogant, Lee Bromby, at the beginning of this season around the players they were bringing in, the fact that we could replicate what we'd done the year before with or without Carlos. I think Lee was so convinced this guy was was the next best thing, and he thought giving him a two-and-a-half-year contract was probably a good idea, avoid somebody nicking him. And that, that's the kind of madness and arrogance from the outside looking in they seem to have been operating with. I mean, I'm, I'm desperately trying to say for one positive in all of Posse's time, and the only one I can think of is we aren't cut adrift. This league's so bad, even he's not managed to get us cut adrift Yeah, I think I think to be honest, Ian, you've nailed it there. It, it, you know, it to to kind of answer Nick's question, right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think I felt I felt some kind of malaise like this after or, or during Chris Powell's era, um, and 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 some similarities with again, you know, we couldn't keep all that ball. We 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 weren't a team that were, you know, that were able to keep possession, and and so we ended up, you know, if, if the ball's in play for sixty minutes of a game or whatever, we we ended up defending for kind of forty minutes of it, and and Laura of averages says that at some point you're going to concede, and it it just felt like that again with uh, with Fotheringham, Fotheringham. Um and and then I think I think probably as you said. He then came on after after watching or after we've watched awful performances and just irked people by you know how the way the, the way that he spoke and and the way that he whether it was his inexperience or what I don't know but he he just came on and just told a completely different picture to what he just watched and he tried to play it up in in a different way and uh, to to the to the joke of. I think it was the QPR game coming on, listening to Radio Leeds. A boat came on. Didn't want to speak about the game, just wanted to say, uh, Fotheringham, bingo. I think he's going to say this, 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 and this. And absolutely nailed it. You know, and, and it was just, it, it it got to the point where you just thought, what the hell are we doing here? You know, and and, and certainly I felt after the Coventry game, it were, it was kind of the, the nail in the coffin for him. It, we, we just looked devoid of, of any ideas of 
of any kind of comeback once once Coventry scored. And, you know, at that point, you're kind of questioning, have the players gone? You know, has, has he ever had the players? There's question, There's been rumours of, of players falling out with him. Sauber, Hoggy, you know, once you start losing kind of big characters like that, I think you're probably up against it. But but to probably to touch on a point that you said, Ian, I just wonder whether there's this the ethos and the the kind of the the malaise that you, you you kind of alluded to, whether that's created by you know coming from the top, you know, and 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 obviously Hoyle's voiced a complete kind of. He's removed himself from the picture. He seemed back in the last year. He, he he came in and he said, "I'm going to be CEO. I'm going to run it. I'm back involved day to day." And then and then all of a you know, all of a sudden, he's had criticism here and there, and he, he seems to have lost his mojo. And 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 then you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Bromby has the shares the same kind of drive, um, and so then to some extent, a little bit like kind of what happened with Wagner. Does it just filter down through through the club, and and I mean I'm I'm comparing probably probably quite a different scenario, but that Michael Edwards leaving Liverpool seems to have completely shot Liverpool with you know with Klopp, and I just wonder whether with this with with the setup that we have, actually, do we need someone really quite charismatic and quite influential in that in those senior roles where it then, you know, it allows the manager or, or the head coach to get on with the job that, you know, that's in hand for them. But but equally, you know, it, to some extent, it probably masks what they do and it allows them to to get on and do what they do. But actually, you know, the, the those kind of sporting directors are directors of football actually bring a lot more than than we actually understand or that we you know that we kind of know about I guess no I'm with you I'm with you entirely on that Tristan it feels like there's a massive disconnect doesn't it from the top and the coaching squad it feels like that from outside and I think whilst you're not ever going to get that confirmed I think we got about as much of it as confirmed as possible when Fotheringham goes into his press conference and says well I don't see anyone else coming out here every week answering the questions and that, to me, he's there just accepting the justification of the questions being asked to him. And he's saying, well, well, it's like saying, well, why am I the only one having to come out to answer these questions? Obviously, there's stuff going on. But no one else seems to be willing to talk about it. But I come out week in, week out, doing my best. And it felt like he sounded a bit helpless. Whether he was or he wasn't, the moment he did that, you knew he were gone on Wednesday. And Tuesday night, when he's come out and said that, in, after that Blackpool game, you knew he were gone. It was naive, wasn't it? I mean, that, that was really naive to say that because well, my response to that was, well, who the fucking else is going to answer them, mate? That's your job. It's not in the job description. And, and I think I've just been thinking about what you said there, Cal, and I think part of the problem we have with these inexperienced coaches is, especially when they've coached academies and reserves, is they become too obsessed with things that don't really matter. Because that's the only thing that can explain Scott High coming back from a loan in Rotherham and getting no game time to being an automatic pick for the next three town matches because he's performed in training. That's why he was picked. His actual performance doesn't seem to be analysed. They get obsessed with stats that don't matter. Miles run, engagements, duels won. You know, that stuff only matters when you're winning football matches because there's only one stat that matters when you're struggling and that's the scoreline. You know, and I think that... 
that that's a challenge. And your point about the leadership, I've banged on about it for for years, and people roll their eyes. I might even my son rolls his eyes at me now. But you know, the standards. No, there's nobody setting a standard in that club. I don't know Dave Baldwin. But, you know, the guys had some decent roles in football. You would think, even if even if Dean said to him, I'm stepping away, kid, you need to look after this, you would expect him to be setting the standards. But I'm with you, I don't see anything. I don't see anybody setting any standards. I wonder I wonder if, if he's, you know, if to some extent he's... Certainly a little bit like when... A little bit like you alluded to, Gaz, about uh, Bromby and how kind of... Um, when when Fotheringham came in, he were like, judge me on this and you know, and how kind of full of it they were. To some extent, when Baldwin came in, it, it was he's gonna deal with the takeover, he's gonna deal with the stadium shares, he's gonna do you know. And I wonder whether they've just taken their eye off the ball with you know, with with the football side of things to some extent, you know. And I think I think as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> What frustrates me is Baldwin's been here a lot longer than than we knew. You know, I I got told he were here last January, and and it just it, it something just doesn't add up. You know, the 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 just doesn't seem to be the same as as we alluded to before. There just doesn't seem to be the same connection between the top of the club, you know, the football side of things, and 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 the the supporters. I mean, just just to go back to what you were saying about Fotheringham and what he said. Equally, what about the what about the uh, dismissal uh, statement or, or lack of it? You know, no, thank you. No, you know, we wish uh, Mark well in his future or anything like that. He's been sacked. Thank well, no, not even thanks. He's been sacked. That's it. You know, I bet it would a fiery meet in that one. I would love to have been a fly in the wall in that meeting. What I don't get is what what the hell did they expect though? Like you're saying, Bromby had utter faith in him. He's the man. He's going to take us out of this mess. He's going to lead us. He's going to take us up. Let's nail him down to free a contract. On what evidence does he think that? In what world does he think he's done nothing? He's been an assistant manager. He's got no zero championship experience. He's got zero experience of being a first team coach. In what world did he think that he was going to come in and suddenly be a a, a major success? And th- this is what I don't. This is why I have a little bit of sympathy for him because you're not going to turn down a job like that. I, I don't think that he expected to even get the job. And suddenly he's thrust into this position with a team in one of the best leagues in the world, in my opinion, one of the hardest leagues in the world, most competitive leagues, at a big football club. Because as much as people keep saying little old Huddersfield and we're humble and this, that, and the other, we are a big football club. And that position should be somebody with the experience and now that's earned to be in that position. And I think the problem is, we brought Fotheringham in, he's got no experience. He was almost like he was on the defensive straight away because he knew that it would be questioned that he got the job. He knew the supporters wouldn't be on board because he's got zero experience. And he was almost ultra-defensive in his press conferences, constantly trying to justify, I've done this in Germany, I've done that in Germany. And he, he was just constantly trying to justify his appointment, which is just absurd. And... Obviously, with someone of that little experience, they are going to struggle in the press conferences. He didn't say the right things and he did get a lot of people's backs up. But at the same time, like I said, what, what really did we what really did we expect from someone with zero experience? And we all wanted Schofield to do well, but exactly the same situation. You know, what, what football club goes from that 
to having a manager with no experience failing. We're down at the bottom, we're struggling, right, but we've still got time. Let's go and set, bring another manager in with zero experience and let's gamble again. I, do, I don't... What other football club would, would do that? I just, it, I it's it's Bromby's arrogance, though, Nick. They, they convinced the model we have works. It's like I was saying last time we were speaking, you know, that's Dean's sales pitch will be, this is our model. In the last seven years, it's worked twice. We're bringing unknown coaches, cheap players, build a team ethic, and we get promoted. And the problem is, Lee Bromby's convinced he's a genius because it worked with Carlos. And I still maintain, if Phil had had any money, Carlos would have been fucking sacked. At the end of that season where we won two games since Christmas or whatever it was, if we'd had any money to get rid of him, we would have got rid of him. Well, that 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 exactly. You know, I, I still remember going to Barnsley away in the season that we, last season. Even when we were doing it, people, fans were booing because the football was awful. And that, like you said, that second half of that first season, at a lot of clubs it would have been sacked. So it nearly didn't work then. It was a fluke. Last let, let's no, be under no illusion that was a complete fluke of a season. They didn't expect us to get there. We shouldn't have got there on paper. But all the stars aligned and what whatever. And we got some momentum going. We had a good team spirit and we managed to get there in a poor league. But pretty much every other season, this model has failed. And because of this model, it massively restricts the sort of manager that we can bring in. Now, it may be that these sort of managers are the only option because what manager with experience and pedigree is going to be want to be dictated to by Bromba? It's, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. They're going to want to say exactly in the players that they want to bring in, they're going to want to form their own team with their own players that they've picked. They're going to want to have a say on proceedings. And any decent manager, like we're going to go on to potential managers in a minute, but you can forget, if we stick with this model, you can forget any of the experienced managers been mentioned because not one of them is going to want to come into this model unless we change it. And I think that really hampers us, really hampers us in managerial searches. And it could be for that reason. This Maybe, these, maybe Fotheringham was one of the only people actually that actually wanted the job. I, I don't know. But, you know, we, we gamble and gamble and gamble. And I get we haven't got loads of money and sometimes you have to try different approaches. But the, the hard truth is that yeah, we had a fluke season last season, but really, apart from Wagner, every other season we fought relegation. It's it's not like we've been mid-table in those other seasons. We've been lucky to stay up nearly every other time. We, it's such fine margins. We could have easily have gone down. So why are we sticking with this ridiculous model? That That's what I want to know. Because I, I do not agree with this at all. I don't think it's a recipe for long-term success for this football club. Yeah, I I I would also agree with you, Nick, and and I'd flip it on its head to some extent as well, in the sense of, you know, arguably when Wagner came in and and we did manage to keep all of him, but when when Wagner came in, unproven manager, you know, when they prove themselves, they go, Corberan, unproven manager, as you said, quite lucky first season, proved himself in second season, off he goes. You know, and and I appreciate that that probably with that club with players, can we be that club with managers? I'm not sure we can. You know, because surely there aren't that many, you know, young managers out there that that actually we can dip into this pot and and keep pulling, you know, the rabbit out the hat with them. You can add Cowley to that, and all mate. You know, da- Danny Cowley, Huddersfield Town, working class club, no real finesse, but. 
ultra competitive, hard working, industrial, hard on the endeavor, grit, determination. It brought that. We were well organized, great side, hard working, everything that you'd associate from a Huddersfield town side, basically. And we, we shot on him, didn't we? Because it didn't fit the this amazing novel model that we wanted to implement. And for me, I mean, I'm still angry about that because I, I thought that as a manager, that was a perfect fit. Maybe they wanted decent players that cost a lot of money, but who doesn't? Do you know what I mean? We, we, we... I think this model is as far away from the ethics, from the spirit and culture of a Huddersfield Town football club as you can get. We are hard-working football club with a manager togetherness because we're never going to have loads of money. We're never going to have multi-million world-class players, but what we can do is get an organised, hard-working side, motivated, and you get that from a manager, not a coach, just focusing on tactics and this. You need man management for a football club like ours to succeed. Long term, you might get a one-off like with Carlos, but he was the extreme. He was over-analytical, and the players brought into it. And I think we got a bit of luck along the way as well. But nine times out of ten, if you want long-term success with the finance that we've got, you need a good man-manager who can put his arm around players, get the best out of the young players. That is what we need, in my opinion. And you don't get that with an inexperienced coach. Thing is, I think the model, the model itself has worked up until this year. It has bringing in unproven managers and paying relatively little for for unproven players, hoping to develop them and sell them on. Right? It has kind of worked because I still think we're overachieving for where we are when you compare the attendances that we have, the money we're bringing from season tickets. The problem I have with it is this is the first time it's not really working and we've shat it. We're absolutely trying to turn everything on its head this season. That's the thing that I'm, I can accept relegation with this model. Peterborough have done it for years. They've been relegated. They keep the same model and they bounce back up. We had one model to get to the Premier League under Wagner. It worked. He left. We tried site work. Shit. And, and then it's just kind of that changed again. And then we, we got into this model that we're at now where we have to sell players for a profit and reinvest that and spread it over two or three years to rather than going out and spending the money straight away, we're trying to in artificially increase our playing budget for a few seasons based on the sale of one player. And that's great. Unfortunately, we are now spending less per player than we have done for, for years. And considering inflation, and if you look around other teams spending more all of a sudden, we're falling behind in, in regards to that. And then this season, we've just gone out and signed out loads of load, load of old, old boys, old players, or younger midfielders that have got even less experience than we've had before. It really feels like a big change this season. It feels like the th- we, we we're faced with a threat that the model isn't entirely working and everyone's just panicked. Everyone's panicked, lost their head and they were doing stuff we've never done before. And the entire discontent results back to that. That's, that's a problem, I think. And that's why I, I really, I don't know where they go from here other than a rebuild from the off. I, I think the entire club needs a rebuild from top to bottom. I think everything has to be looked at. I, I, I still hate the closure, the closing of the academy. Although I don't know if that's a, a different problem than 
than what we're talking about at the moment. But there's so many aspects of it, I think, that could be put into a pattern. So there seems to be a, a single direction for the club because ever since Wagner left, everything feels to have slowly fallen apart. And then this year, it's all fallen apart at the same time to a rock bottom that, to me, I haven't seen since the administration. The power year was bad, Tristan. I'll give you, I'll give you that. But it just felt like that's Dean Oyl's famous thing. Wasn't that when he came out and said the hand grenade? Was that after Powell or was that after that? But he came out and said, when he gets really bad, there's nothing you can do. You chuck a grenade in. It's because something's going to change anyway. And something has to change. And it can't be as bad as what we're at then. And I think the same thing's happened here now. I think we've got to a part where I don't think it can be worse than what it is. Fans don't give a shit. Attendance is, regardless of what the official, official stats are saying, when you're doing the eye test in the stadium, it doesn't look like there's as many people that are there than usual. The entire thing is a shit show and change has to be across the board. And that's what the Cowshed Loyal were trying to go at with the Orcas in the boardroom stuff the other day. And I think they were spot on, regardless of the shit they took online. And this again, the entire thing on, on with, with following him on Tuesday night and that it took a full day to get the pre- to get the statement out that we're all sat here now thinking, is Bromby staying? Is Bromby going? Bromby, who at this moment in time is the most important person in the playing aspect of the football squad. We don't even know if he's in a job, if they're questioning his job. We've got no idea. We're going to a game in two days and then another game three days after that and then another game three days after that that'll define our season and the direction of this club, possibly for the next decade, if we're in League One next year, compared to the Championship. We don't even know who's left to make decisions at the moment. We've got no idea because no one's telling us anything. And fans do cry and they always want more communication. But I genuinely think where we are, where we are at now, fans deserve to know more than what we're getting. And the club don't seem to be saying anything. Like absolutely nothing's coming out of there. No one's sure of anything. Rumours are flying around and not one person's coming out to speak. If this had happened a couple of years ago, Dean Oyle's the first one out the door to say, do you know what, this is the state of the club, this is what's going to happen, we'd all be like, oh yeah, fair enough, Dean, let's calm down, we're okay, we, we trust in you, mate, we're, we're sure we'll, we'll be in a better place because of it. That's really stopped now, hasn't it? That's not a part of this club anymore. I don't know what's left of it. I don't know where we're at, and, and no one seems to be rushing to help explain anything to anyone. It's a fragmented club at the moment, and everyone's worried. No one knows what's going on. For me, Bromby has to go because I, I remember him coming out and saying, "Judge me on this appointment." Well, if we're judging him on this appointment, there's there's no option, is there? It's it's untenable because it's been a massive failure. And if you make two failures like he has done in the managerial appointments, on if it if it, it has been his decision, but from that statement, I would take it that it wasn't his decision. If it is his decision, he's messed up twice on two major decisions that have impacted our season. It, it, the, the position for me is is untenable. He has to go. I don't know what you guys think, but it, it, surely, I, 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 I can't believe you're even asking me what I think. I, mean, I, you know, I think the bloke's a shyster. So I'd, I'd have him out. I, he would have been. He would have been out of the building along with with Fotheringham because he, as you say, he stuck his head above the parapet and said, "Judge me on this appointment." So he should be judged for me. It's an impossible job for him. Like if. if... When he started in this role, the budgets were much bigger and the targets would have been very different to what they are now. And everything really is contracted around him. I don't think the role is the same as what he was doing a couple of years ago. So, I get that, Ian, but he, that's, that, wasn't his, that wasn't his line at the beginning of the season, was it? He wasn't saying those things. What are you saying? No, well, so every, fair, every if he can't do the same again. If he can't do it under this budget, then it's right for him to go. But says he's a shyster across his entire time here, I think it's a bit rich when initially I think it worked pretty well, guys. I think where we are today, it's definitely not working. Absolutely. 
100% on that. Well, the initial part of it, it didn't do too bad, I don't think. But then it's again, this transfer committee stuff changes very like the wind, doesn't it? It's like this one person making a decision, and then it's oh no, everyone has a say. Oh no, we bring head coaching, but he doesn't pick the players, he just picks a team on on a weekend and we go with with his system and and that. But we pick the players, and then that changes again. No, no, he has a say, he has a final say, he's got the most important say. It's all it's all nonsense, it's all absolute garbage when, when it's spoken to you so no one exactly knows what's going on but the proof is in the lack of points we've got this season and how poor poor it's been week in week out for me and the fact that no matter what players play nothing improves it seems to be that we have diluted the quality across the board and now we're left with a team that isn't actually good enough for the championship regardless of who comes in and that is on the transfer committee transfer or, or Bromby if, if, if he has such an importance way as you reckon because it's definitely not competitive this year I just, I just think it's unbelievable how quickly we've fallen, just on the back of losing a few players. It, it, it's, and again, I don't think the club expected it either, and they've just walked into this problem themselves because thinking we had more than enough to stay up, even with a reduced budget. I, I have sympathy with the. Sorry, Tristan, I'll just um, make the point that I, I do have sympathy with him with the playing with the players because. I think we have made some good signings. We've made some bad ones, but I think on the whole, the, the transfers have been all right. And when you when you compete in one of the lowest wage budgets, if not the lowest in the league for players, then it's it's a massively difficult job, no matter who's got it. So, you know, just judging him purely on the transfers, I don't think he's done a bad job. But it doesn't matter what players you get. If you get the wrong manager, you're on a hiding to nothing. And not once but twice, we've made two disastrous appointments. The Schofield one, we all wanted it to work. It was a bit of a gamble. It's more the second one because we knew how that went and we had a chance to get experience in and reset and he didn't do it. He brought in Fotheringham with no experience and then said, judge me on it. So for, for, for that, you know, I do have sympathy, as I've said, but for that, for me, I, I, he has to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Nick on, on that front. Uh, I, don't, I don't tend to take much notice of, of kind of the stuff that they say when they come in because... I mean, with you know, we're following him. I think he went to town on that um, working working town club, and he give his thing about his father being a scaffolder and all that kind of goings. And and to be honest with you, it just it, it's just noise, isn't it? And and to some extent, I think that was the case with with Bromby. But then, I think back to when Phil first took over, and he did he did the, those those. Um, interviews or whatever he did in in the cinema and uh and uh, you know there were people kind of sort of in uproar at what he'd said and you know they, they were kind of calling him out and then he did and then he did his interview to radio leads with his with his town shirt on and he, you know same again there were people calling him out and i just thought with bromby learn you know learn from the mistakes and or, or from from the mistakes that have gone before and and he's come out with these real big bold statements, and and I think probably I think it was Gaz that you said you know he he kind of he got it right with Corbran and he were giving it you know he, he thought I've I've done it I've I've cracked it you know and and here I am you know and and he's coming out with these bold statements and it, it's it's bitten him on the ass and I think probably to be quite honest with you once. 
you know, with a manager, once once the confidence isn't there, they go. And and I think, unfortunately, that's that's the situation that he's in. Uh, and and certainly, if the rumors are, uh, the rumors are to be believed, he, the the confidence has gone in him, and he is being cast out to uh, to looking after elements of the academy and stuff like that, or, or B team side of things. So, uh, you know, I think. I think, to be honest with you, it's, it's probably something that Ian said at start. They've just got to they've got to have a clear out, and they've just got to rebuild and go again, haven't they? You know, it's it it feels at this minute in time. I always I always used to laugh with my granddad that Leeds United were rotten to the core, but it feels like that with us at the minute. It feels like every single element of the club is is rotten to the core um, to the point where, and I'm just going to go off on a tangent. A bot little lad. Uh, uh, a, a kit on Saturday, and it's a printed kit that I'd buy from, you know, down on a down lucky lucky man down on a Spanish beach. It's you know, it's not got a real badge on. It's not got not got sponsorship on. It's it literally is like a a some printed kind of sublimated shirt, and and I just thought, you know, that kind of thing. Even it just it just feels like. The quality's gone from from the club, you know, and and I think the only way, and it pains me to say it, maybe maybe relegation will will do us some favors. It all depends on the ownership situation, doesn't it? We get new owners with new ideas, clear out. It can look completely different, but we don't know, do we? We don't know how far away that is. We don't know who's involved. We don't know what the potential is, but I think that's what's needed. In terms of the manager, guys, what, who do we need now? There's been a lot of names touted about. The overwhelming favourite, certainly on the polls I've seen with the fans, is Wilder. Who would you guys like to see come in? Well, I think Wilder would probably be my choice as well. He lives local. You know he's uh, he's proven himself at championship level and above. He's got he's got a streak. He has a bit of a streak of arrogance about him as well, Wilder. Actually, I think at times, but he can back that up with he can back that up with an output can't he, today. Um, it looks like Chico's going to get it for certainly a period because they brought in a lad today, haven't they, on a a rolling contract to work with him. Um, I guess you know the ownership situation needs resolving, and and some of the rumours are that the potential owners are waiting to see what the vision we're in before or where we are before they push the button, and maybe that's the same with the managers. You know, somebody like Wilder may say, "Well, get yourself through the next three games and give me a chance of keeping you up. I'll come in, get through the next three games, and be cutting adrift. I'm all right, thanks very much." You know, maybe there's an element of that. Um, I I wasn't sure that we'd be attractive enough for Wilder in his with his recent track record, but by all accounts, he did interview for the Wigan job. So if he went for the Wigan job, there's every chance that that we'd be in the same bracket, you would think, in his eyes. Um, I mean, you know, the old romantic in me would love a Neil Warnock swan song, six months of him absolutely kicking the shit out of everybody and somehow dragging us across the line. You know, I mean, that would be proper for us all romantics. That would be an absolute dream, but I, I can't see it. I think, yeah. If they can't get somebody that's going to make the fans go, well, that's a decent appointment. I think they'll stick with Chico. And to be honest, if we're going to get another unproven manager, we might as well give him give the lad a go. That's it, guys. I'm with you on that one. I think you have two options here. 
if town are going to do a hard reset and build from the top and whatever do it all again i'd be straight after wilder in a heartbeat but i think you're gonna to have to give him a bit like we gave the cowlers a bit more control over everything and to be honest the club couldn't be any worse so i don't think giving it someone who built a club like sheffield united from from the bottom like we need to do here would be a bad thing i think that's probably the great thing we can the greatest thing we could do at this point do i think we'll do it if Bromby's still here, I think that's a big signal of intent that we're going to keep going the same way we have been going. And if that's the case, Chicho's the man for me. I think he stuck around because we probably said, hey, you do stick around, Chicho. Everyone else might have left when Corbin went, but we've got plans for you in the future. Now, I think this is a bit earlier than anyone could have ever expected, but I think it's his, probably his job to lose here. These next three games determine the rest of our season and would be silly to give anyone them anyway considering there's going to be very little time between games for a rest and imprinting any new style. So I think you go these three games, you see where we are. He's one for one before today, before Saturday. If we can get out of the next three games with what? Two wins? I think that's minimum we need anyway to have any realistic chance of staying up. Maybe a win and two draws. Maybe. I think if he's good enough and the results are good enough, we have to roll with Chicho. I hope that's not the way we go. I hope... Again, it's a reset and, and, and we back out of the, the model that we're going for at the moment. I don't think we will. I think we're going to stick trying to find new improvement managers because we we're a team that has to find more value than the money we put in. And to do that, you have to find new inexperienced guys that aren't getting paid for the potential yet. We take that gamble and we've done okay a couple of times and now we've failed a couple of times. still think that's the way we're going to go. So it'll be Chicho in unless, unless we want to reset it all and I'll be straight after Wilder. Because if you look about who's available between him and the Cowleys. Cowleys that we've got a bit of uh, an issue with, obviously, from what happened before. And Tristan, I know you, you absolutely love their style of football. They're not exactly going to be the right way for us to go. So I'd be, I'd be in for Wilder my, myself. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record. <laughs> I'd, I'd go for Wilder. Um, you know, he's he's done the job at, at all manner of clubs with it. Alfreton, where he started it, or Ilkeston or somewhere. And then um, you know, Northampton and he, he, he got blades into Prem. I think probably there was a clash of personalities with with Steve Gibson and I, and I think like you said and, and and nailed it really. I don't think it, it will work with Bromby involved. Um and I think he needs to be left to his own devices and, and to get on with his own way of working. I think I think probably with, with, with Chicho, it, it's a difficult one. Um, we sat on here, you know, before the start of the season and said, and my, my heart's dying for, for Schofield to to kind of nail the job and, and my head saying, I'm not sure it's going to work. And I think probably I went with my heart on it. And and I think probably in this instance, you know, Chicho is stuck around, he's showed loyalty, he's... He, he is probably one that engages with the fans where there's been very little elements of that. Um, you know, he has he, he did win that game, although he was a tad lucky because I think Nichols saved a penalty, if I remember rightly. Um, but he did he, he did seem to, after Danny Schofield's weird way of playing, uh, put round pegs in round holes and stop trying to play all manner of pressing and or a hybrid of pressing and non-pressing and you know, he he did try to just go back to basics, and possibly what you know what we need at the minute. Um, what I think possibly is is out of his depth um, a little bit. 
I may be swayed by this this new coach that's coming. You know, I, I, you probably know more about kind of the 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 ins and outs of this, Ian. But it seems like the right thing to do uh, in terms of the guy that they brought in. He seems to be kind of more technical side of things and 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 the analysis side of things. And and as I said the other day, you know, we we uh, sorry, as I said about the the game the other day, we look. We look completely, you know, subs seem like they're drawn out of a hat. And, you know, I, I hope that someone coming in that's that's got a bit more kind of, of a, an, an analytical brain, um, you know, and, and, and a bit more of a, a technical performance side to them can actually kind of drive a little bit more uh, sort of, understanding into the players and, and understanding into the decisions that, that go on so that we're actually more proactive than than kind of reactive. And also, you know, understand and acknowledge our weaknesses that we're not a footballing side, that Tom Lees and Matty Pearson aren't going to play balls out like Levi Coville did last season, you know, and 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 actually play to our strengths. Banging ball to, to Wagon. You know, just just baffles me. It, 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 I don't think he's won either yet. So hopefully, you know, if if and and I do agree, you know, he's he, he probably has got three games because because they are so quick. Hopefully, if someone can come in and at least kind of try and guide the ship a little bit more, and 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 there be a bit more kind of uh, sort of. I don't know data or or, or uh, at least some common sense behind the decisions that are being made, rather than what just seemed to be a again, I guess in game to be quite honest with you. Well, so, just, yeah. funny enough, I've just googled that guy, the Alvaro Reyes. Yeah. I'd never heard of him, so no point pretending. But actually, his background—he was performance manager at Watford yeah. for what eighteen months. But actually, his previous roles have uh, been at. What's the Spanish top division called? I've forgotten. Um, well, yeah, yeah. And, and so you, you know, top level Spanish clubs as technical in terms of analytical technical training and assistant manager role. So this guy clearly is a he's an analyst as well as a as well as a coach. So maybe that plays into exactly what you're saying. You know, maybe maybe, maybe that's what Chicho feels he needs. He feels it. Like, you know, I know the guys. I know I know the strengths and weaknesses, but I'm not sure how to put this all together properly. And maybe that's why this lad's come in to help him do that, to piece it together. Sorry, Nick, you were going to say something. The problem is we've got a guy in that's next to no preparation time for these three games, at least. But these could well be the three games that define our entire season. It's like one of the hardest jobs you could expect to be put into. Massive pressure. You know, if we lose these three games, our season's pretty much over, isn't it? Let, let's be honest. So, I do not envy the bloke. Obviously, you know, he's got to support the fans. To give him it to the end of the season would be a massive gamble again because, again, for the experiencing, I mean, if you take the emotion out of it, if the guy was at another football club and we'd gone in for him, there'd be absolute meltdown on social media, wouldn't there? Yeah. So, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Just on just on the back of what you said there, Nick. I, I had, I had a, before we came on. I had a quick look. Past five years, uh, teams that have 
that basically have, have got out of the, the kind of relegation places. Uh, last year was Reading, they had 41 points. At this point, they had 29 points. The year before, Derby got 44 points uh, and, and had 32 points. Barnsley, 49 points, had 24 points. Uh, Millwall, 44 points, had 32 points. And, and Bolton, 43 points, had 26 points. So uh, I think it's absolutely achievable. You know, we, we can get out of it. And, and in theory, you know, going on a on a kind of rough average, it's about 44 points to for, for that safety, in theory. You know, it, it, 15 points don't seem insurmountable, but actually, you're absolutely bang on. These three games now, are the three that we probably need to to make a big dent in that fifteen points. Otherwise, you know, you get into a kind of match and you've West Brom and or Burnley in a couple of weeks, you've got West Broms, you've got even teams like Sunderland that, that came to that came to John Smith's and just looked a different level to us, you know, completely. And I think I think the second to last game uh is Another relegation. Oh, it's Cardiff. I think it was Cardiff, wasn't it? And you know, we can't be waiting to to that game to to need to beat them to get out of to get out of trouble. So, yeah, I think I think you bang on. These these next three games are so important. Yeah, and as far as a new manager is concerned, like I say, I think to give him it for the rest of the season would be a massive gamble again, a third gamble. I just can't see the club doing exactly the same thing. Surely not. Surely after the first two attempts have failed, they wouldn't do that again. Even town, surely. So I would think that they would get somebody in. I think if they change the model, maybe someone like Wilder, if they gave him enough money, the problem is that if, if we stick with this model, you can forget that. Like, like I said, for the reasons that I've said, that there's no way a manager like Wilder, who wants control over certain elements of the club and, and the incomings and outgoings, there's no way that he'd work to this model. He'd have Lee Bromby up against Wall after a week. There's, there's no way that, that he would want to come into this. So you can forget Wilder if it's things stay as they are. I don't want to be a miserable git, but Warnock, you can forget that. He's retired. <laughs> I just... The, the only person, I think, looking at what town do, very, very rarely have Town ever brought a manager in with a long track record of experience in that league. I think the last bloke to come in was probably Powell with with extensive experience. We just don't do that. We And we certainly don't go for a fan's favourite, do we? <laughs> you can guarantee the one that all the fans are shouting for, we don't, we, we, we're never going to bring that person in. So I don't, it's not going to be someone like Wilder. What we're going to probably bring in is somebody that's cheap, somebody that lives local or within the local um, area, somebody who has a little bit at least experience of the championship, but maybe someone that's also got experience in League One and getting teams out of League One for if we do go down. And the only name that comes out to me that ticks all those boxes is Liam Richardson. He was at Wigan, he took Wigan up. Was doing all right, really, until he got sacked, and then we're going to drop down. Lives local, so if I was a betting man, which I'm not really, but if I was, then I would be putting money on him 
at five to one because he's the sort of manager I I could see Town going for. Realistically, I, I just think someone like Wilder just would not fit into this model, and I just don't think he would want to come. I don't know what the finances are, but I would imagine he would want decent budget for transfers as well, which which would be a sticking point. So that that would be my. I would like Wilder, but it, I I just don't think it's going to happen. And I would put my money on on Richardson personally. But we've got a game coming up, lads. Wigan. Teacher time. I mean, Wigan, they've lost nine out of the last 11 home games. It's a game that we, well, we said this about Blackpool, but this is a game that we have to win. If we're, if we're serious about staying up, we have to take the game to Wigan and get the three points. The winnable games are ever so slowly but surely dropping away. So, if we don't get the three points here, we, we, we are in serious trouble. I mean, it's, it's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? Who knows what the bloke's going to do? Mm-hmm. Is he going to go with experience? I think so. I think he's going to pick experience heads. Steady. But we're going to have to be brave. We're, we're going to have to, at some point, this, let's shove everyone behind the ball and hold out for 90 minutes and try and nick a 1-0. Is, is not working. We're, we're going to, at some point in the game, if it's nil-nil or 1-1, one, one, we're going to have to be brave and go for it. Push players up and, and try and go for the jugular and then try and not do something stupid when we do, like at Blackpool. What? How do you see this one going, guys? How do you think he's going to line up? What do you think he's going to do? Because it's crunch time now, isn't it? Well, I think... I think uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you my quick opinion. I think I'm right with you. I think... Uh-huh. I'm probably- I think they'll. Um, I think he'll go with experience. I think he, he may even go, maybe go five at the back. But I think he'll. What he might do is make sure that the inform attackers will play. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Knockout. Wouldn't surprise surprise me to see Karoma and give us a chance because I think we're going to need to score two goals to win the game. So uh, yeah, I think I'm fingers crossed. It's going to be a two-one win, but I have a horrible feeling it's going to be another draw. I think the the front three are the only real things he's going to change. I think. Well, I think Hyle probably drop out as well. I think even though Hogg is past it, he looks past it to me. I think you've got to. You can't be a new manager coming in and not play Hoggy, so you have to start in centre midfield as well. But I think your front three is going to be Jordan Rhodes, Karoma, and um, Knockout. I think we're just going to go. Well, I'll say front three. It'll be four two three one one. I'd, I'd be guessing with Chisho. Um, we two wide men are Karoma, Knockout, and Rhodes because. I think in these times you've got to put your best out there. And I think you're the ones that have proven. And Rhodes this year has been pretty good, hasn't he? He's definitely turned more into an Andy Boo kind of player, which I know he's kind of he's dropped deeper. He's not going to score as many. But if he drops to anyone in that box, you want it to be him still, don't you? Um, and Knockout, his little turns and he drives it forward 10 yards. And he, he doesn't, even though he looks heavier than he used to be, and he's, he's definitely not as mobile as he once was, not that he was ever the most mobile, he can transition very quickly from the midfield to the attack and we don't have anyone else that can do it Sauber Thomas could a little bit but no one else can do it in midfield but he can he's got to play I'm Karoma's biggest fan before I have always loved Josh Karoma there's a really good player in there his goal against Blackpool was amazing he's calm takes on his right foot he knows he's got the time there and just kills it into the bottom corner we don't have anyone else that can do that Um, it's hard to leave Rodoni out I think he's going to be playing in there as well because I think you're just going to look at the people that have scored the most and assisted the most 
Rodoni's also had the most positive forward passes um, in town's team this year, so he's going to have to play as well. The exact uh, shake-up of it, I'm not entirely sure, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a, like you say, the, the fixtures are so difficult to say it's a must-win game when you've got a caretaker manager just after selling, just after sacking your your previous manager. Sounds a bit mental, but our fixtures are tough and there aren't that many left until the end of the season that are, on paper, winnable. This is winnable and we've got to go out and try and win the game. This isn't one to be sitting back and containing and trying to hit on the break. I really think you've got to take the game to them. I still don't think we're good enough and I still think we'll fail. But I'd rather fail having had a go than slowly dying, which we've done game after game over Fotheringham's tenure. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I completely agree with Rhodes. I mean, I made the point before about how we've just banged ball up to, to wag on and it just comes back and back and back. And and I think Rhodes is, is actually quite clever in... Doesn't always win the ball, but he's quite clever in his movement and in his uh, ability to put off the opposition's defence. Um, I, I would agree on Rodoni. I think probably the one the one point that I do want to make is I'd probably give uh, Knockout as much of a free role as possible um, and 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 try and just get him on the ball. Um, I, I think that I think we've looked pretty inept to be quite honest with you at, at creating chances for Jordan you know and if you give Jordan the chances he'll score him you know and 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 I think I think there's a, a real important thing there at the start of the season the the kind of uh the thing that was sitting in the back of my mind that I thought it's all right we've we've got Tino you know we 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 can we can create something Tino and and the minute that he kind of got injured we had nothing you know so I think Knockout has to play a bit of a free role. And I think I would agree with you. I'd, I'd, I'd get Karoma up on that left wing, cutting in on his right foot because, you know, as you say, his ability to cut in and, and bend the ball into far corner is a little bit like Callum Grant used to, is, is invaluable. You know, it's completely invaluable. Only question mark, and, and I don't honestly have the answer, is who you play at left back. I do wonder whether you swap Turton and 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 Loughton about and and let Loughton play it right back and and try and keep solid down that left a little bit. Going back to what what I think Gaz said or or, or Nick said about that left side has been really um, weak this year. You know, do we try and shore it up with with arguably our our most solid defensive fullback um, and chuck to uh, chuck Turton there. But other than that, I think it probably picks itself, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, do, I don't disagree with that. Like, the, it's going to be our left-hand side. That That's going to be our weakness, as it always has been. And it, it, is, a, it is a problem. And I don't really know what the answer is. Um, I mean, do you play, do you play a back three? Well, I think it is going to be a four, isn't it? But I agree with that front three. I will. I would push Rodoni if he's going to play Rodoni. I would push him further up and getting him to support in the box, and just let Knockout do what he does best. And I think it's time that he started. Yeah, he's lost a, a yard of pace, but he's still got it. You can you can see that that bit of Premier League top end Championship class that he's got. He can create something from nothing, similar to Karoma really. And to be to be fair, that front three that that's a decent front three, on on paper. 
Wigan looked organised against Blackburn. It's going to be hard to break them down. I I I don't think we'll win this game. I I hope we do, obviously, but I I could see a draw. Um, again, because I just we just don't score enough. We've got we've got to just go for it. We've got to just go for it. Draws aren't enough now. If if we go for it and lose two one, we lose two one. But I'd rather they say we. I'd, I'd rather see us go for it and go down in a blaze of glory than go down with a whimper like what we have been doing. So. Well, it's been a it's been a cheery pod, hasn't it? Is is uh, <laughs> has anybody got anything else that they want to talk about before we finish? Because we've been we've been rabbit on quite a while, haven't we? Been a lot to talk about, but no. I mean, it's a quick one. Fair play to everyone's been going to away games recently because there's been absolutely nothing to go in expectation of, and people people have actually still bought tickets for Wigan this weekend prior to sacking off offering them. You guys are somewhere else. There's probably something wrong with you rather than uh, something to be applauded. But regardless, it is uh, quite amazing that we've still got such a good away following, considering what we've had to see. Week I can confirm there is something yeah. wrong with me. Yeah, well, like I said, Gaz and I did Coventry, and then Blackpool, and Wigan, and I'm doing Stoke next week, so I think it's wrong with me at all, to be honest, Tristan. But um, it, it's it's not been very cheerful, yet people are still turning up. And it is it says a lot about uh, Town's fan base, that even when we're all morning and complaining, they're still there. We're still there. You don't get your 67 MK Dom fans with us like we once had at the Galfandia. We get um, we, we turn up regardless of how shite it is on the pitch and realistically it's been very, very shite. The support's been really good away. Like, I, I don't get too many now because of work. That's my excuse. But, you know, the games I've been to and or seen, the support's always been good. You know, the, 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 you can't say that they haven't supported the players. They, they always come through well. With the singing and support, it's just you just deserve more. Don't, as a, as a fan base, you just deserve more, and I and I just hope that things can improve quickly. We'll all get behind Chicho, and hopefully, we'll get a good result, and we can kick on from there. Guys, thank you very much. It's uh, difficult times at town, but we'll see what happens at the weekend. Hopefully, we'll get a good result, and then we'll reconvene. Maybe we'll have news of a new manager or certainly some more concrete rumours coming through. We'll um, we'll see. But for now, thank you very much, guys. See you all again soon.